0: This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge their ongoing connection to land, waters, and culture. Colonisation and genocide are still happening today. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome back to Ozpol SnackPod, the podcast that carries on like a couple of pork chops. That's right, we're the weekly Australian News and Politics
1: podcast that brings you bite-sized chunks of said. My name is Zach Lesnack. With me as always is my co-host.
0: It's B, Noon. Uh reporting to you live from compulsory seven-day isolation.
1: Oh jeez, oh jeez.
0: I know no one else who's listening to this has ever had to deal with anything like this before.
1: No. <laughs> First person in history to isolate. Uh, we are also the official podcast of the ship shitposting Facebook group, which you should check out if you like OzPol and posting. We also have a Patreon, which you can go and support us over on if you enjoy what we do. And we want to send a big shout out to returning champion patron Martianess. Thank you very much. And also Kelp. Big Woo-woo-woo. ups for... Thank you, sending us that little bit of coin which helps us
0: keep the show ticking along and kelp really like the whole you know underwater thing you got going on C- keep at that as well so you know mm. it's nice to be officially sponsored by kelp i'm enjoying
1: um, the whole carbon capture and storage thing you've got great. going on yeah. yeah we could definitely use more of it now it's time for some news kind of
0: can i offer you one of these sir no no take it away at once That's right, these are the stories that we don't go into a huge amount of detail about. Um, This one is about uh, the government being shit. Surprise. Uh, So in January, the government promised payments of up to $800 for aged care workers, basically as an attempt to both make up for relying on them and for abandoning them during the pandemic. So sort of, you know. Yeah. $400 Some $400 of of
1: for each one of those things. <laughs> exactly,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, but a survey of 1,000 aged care workers conducted by the United United Workers Union revealed 97% had not yet received the bonus payment and more than 75% they'd received no information about the bonus. Um, and The best
1: so, apology is one that you are promised and don't receive. Or
0: that you never hear about. I would be feeling soothed and appreciated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but um, it's not really the government's fault, Zach, actually, because the government oh, good. asked the employers, the operators of aged care homes, to just pay out the bonuses to their staff as soon as the staff lodged the application for the money. So okay. it's really the aged care homes. Mm. Who, uh, wait a minute, I'm just getting some news here. that oh. aged care home operators are horribly underfunded. <laughs> um uh. So, yes, obviously that's ridiculous. It's like it's like going into a bar and being like, all right, drinks on me, everybody. Uh, Zach's paying. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so that's bad. Uh, meanwhile, the Health Services Union is also waiting for the Fair Work Commission to make a decision about increasing wages for aged care workers. Um, they're asking for about $5 an hour more, so from, like, $20 an hour to $25 an hour, roughly. Um, it's, like... Not that much money. Um, yeah. So
1: prepare for long and protracted industrial action. To get like a tiny pre-
0: fraction of this increase. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in exchange for their rights to complain or whatever.
1: It's Yeah, it's very... Up- the treatment of aged care workers is very, very fucking upsetting.
0: Cool. I enjoy
1: learning lessons from the pandemic. And implementing solutions. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, what else is happening, Noon?
0: Well, here's another extremely annoying story. Um, (laughs) As listeners probably know, John Barilaro, former New South Wales deputy premier, is suing Google basically for hosting Friendly Geordies videos on YouTube while he was suing Friendly Geordies. And he's mad they didn't take down the videos about him. And the judge was very upset about this. And listeners, Zach, I'm going to ask you to make dismissive jerk-off gestures uh, to yourself while I read this quote. Because um, okay. obviously you can't see the ones that I'm doing.
1: You want to make jerk-off noises as well?
0: No. Okay. No, okay. no, nah, nah. Just... more, more dismissive than um, masturbatory. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, It looks like a very serious, likely finding of contempt by a publication designed to intimidate lawyers from acting and therefore stopping Mr. Barilaro's access to justice. Uh, Justice Rez said. "Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do that voice the whole time because I'm going to read <laughs> oh, a few come more on. quotes. Okay, okay, I'll just read the right. Re- <laughs> Shanks was quite determined to frustrate the <laughs> course of justice to get to the point that his lawyers wouldn't want to appear for him. And I think look- it's
1: very appropriate that in a story about friendly Geordies, the main joke is just a silly voice that you've done. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Form look- and
1: function, okay, here at Ospo's now.
0: The medium is the message, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And look, to be fair, if I were a lawyer, I wouldn't want to appear for Friendly Geordies either. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I've got to give them to that, uh, the judge on that one. Representing Barilaro is famously cool defamation lawyer Sue uh, uh Do you mean
1: <laughs> Soup croutonthau?
0: Thank you, that is... That is the name that I meant to say. I was supposed to (laughs) make what? make food jokes? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Soup Crouton Thou, known for being uh, competent and exclusively working for other cool people. Um, Such as alleged alleged war war hero. hero. (laughs) (laughs) And Robert Smith. (laughs) That's right. Okay, we're just going to do the whole rest of this segment in unison. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, alleged member of parliament, Christian Porter. Yeah. and uh, she had a win in court because she was like, "Your Honor, Google's defenses are baseless." And the Google was lawyer. Uh, Google's lawyer was like, "Yes. <laughs> they are." <laughs> um, and so now there's a trial to see how much Google should pay John Barilaro. Uh. and the judge is deciding whether to refer Google and/or Geordie's for contempt of court, um, partly for bringing arguments that they knew were spurious. Um And then admitting it in court And partly because of Geordie's doing videos About the court case While it was happening mm. Justice Rez said he had previously jailed a man In a similar case of quote Serious contempt um Where the man made comments on Twitter That criticised the other party's lawyers In an ongoing court case um mm. Yeah so it could be north of Half a million dollars that Google's gonna pay John Barilaro for this um, and the whole thing is just the judge and Barilaro making sad faces about each other at each other about these videos. Um,
1: oh, this is just the worst thing I've seen in my entire history in the law.
0: Literally, like, what a perversion of justice! Shanks is trying to pervert the course of justice and and stop Mister Barilaro accessing it, and it's like, dude, he was deputy premier of the state and set. The cups on him, and it blew up in his face. It's like, uh, yeah, it's pretty clear who the bad guy
1: is here. But also, from the judge's perspective, it's like he's sort of just being introduced to friendly geordies at this (laughs) point. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, this guy is such a nasty little and I hate him which is fine <laughs> that is true you know true when and you an and I say scene. that it has yeah.
0: no effect on the world <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, that doesn't mean barrel gets half a million dollars That's, uh, when
1: <laughs> when the judge is like I dislike this fucking YouTube channel yep and the nasty little man that runs it
0: that yep. you know it's it, it holds a little bit more water Barilaro's also been having a big sook. He said he's had a whole online community bullying me. Oh, um, that sounds rough. Yeah. and he, How about a
1: whole actual in-real-life police force?
0: <laughs> breaking bullying. your mum's wrist. Yeah. Uh, here's a quote from the Sydney Morning Herald to finish us off. Mr Barilaro previously told the court that his colleagues thought he was, quote, mad for launching the defamation case, and Mrs Barry Juselman advised him to just leave it alone. She didn't want me to take on friendly Geordies. Maybe that was advice I should have taken, Mr. Barilaro said. So, okay, listeners, you can stop your dismissive winking. That's the end of that terrible story. God, Jesus Christ. The guy is
1: just so fucking pathetic. And it is just a crime that we continue to have to hear about him... (laughs) Even though he's left politics. I mean, yeah. that's really like the one good thing about politicians is that eventually Sometimes they fucking they go away.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> so elections generally not that
0: fun. There's too much politics going on at the moment. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Oh!
1: Um yes, there's too much damn politics. Uh specifically in South Australia, they had state elections last weekend which we did talk about briefly um when they were happening and as uh you summarily predicted noon labor won with 80 percent of the vote now counted we can officially report that labor have uh stomped the libs to use the um technical electoral term there 27 seats in the lower house to 16 with four independents getting up um so to give you a bit of an idea of like how that compares to the previous election in 2018, the two-party preferred between Liberal and Labour was 52 Liberal, 48 Labour, and now it's projected to be 46 Liberal, 54 Labour. Wow. So that's... Like, uh,
0: doubled the margin from the last one, yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, And that's also pretty much exactly what the, like, final news poll before the election predicted. So, like, some people are being like, "Oh, can we trust polls again? And the answer (laughs) is no! You definitely can't. Uh, but yes, in the lower house, uh, the legislative assembly, I think,
0: right? Yeah, in the right upper house, the leg-
1: legislative council. Yeah, State that's usually politics. how it
0: works. But then sometimes they're like, no, 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 the council is the lower one, and the like, fart chamber is the senate. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or we just, we don't have a fart chamber. We've yeah. only got a fart chamber. <laughs> um, yeah, seven liberals lost their seats. Um, six of those to Labor and one to an independent. Which is like again stomping is the technical term here in the upper house the legislative council i think um there were 11 seats up for grabs liberal and labor have gotten four each and the greens got one there are two undecided and one of those will probably also go to labor but the other one is very likely to go to one nation which is just fucking awful bad bad job south australia bad that's very very bad um I do wanna, however, spend, send a special shout out to the legalized cannabis party. You mm-hmm. got two percent of the vote in the upper house, beating out the nationals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Who, you know I'm not a major electoral force in South Australia. Apparently not. I didn't but, know that, but sure. yeah. Yeah. they also beat out the Animal Justice Party and SA Best, which huh. um we'll come back to that. Um but remembering of course that yes thank you, Noon, um, is holding up a big one at the camera. Um S.A. Best, put us to the test. Uh, S.A. <laughs> Best. <laughs> yeah, I, I look, I don't know. If it, uh, maybe our South Australian correspondent knows more of the song. You can send us in a <laughs> Um. Yes, remembering, of course, that Upper House terms are eight years long, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a little bit cooked. But uh, So only half of the seats in the Upper House were up for re-election. So even though Labour did get five, uh, well, are likely to pick up five seats in the Upper House, they won't actually control the That's upper it. house outright because of the existing councillors, mm-hmm. including a couple of um, SA Best uh, councillors who will not well, be around after the, the next election, I, mm-hmm. I imagine. Um, so yeah, the leader of the South Australian Liberal, Stephen Marshall, promised to resign if they lost, and then they did, and then he did, which means we that could. we now have a very exciting power vacuum, vacuum. vacuum. Uh, at the top of the Liberal Party. So who will be the next leader? Who can say... Some guy. I don't care.
0: Yeah. Presumably.
1: Um, Yeah. Marshall also came very, very close to losing his seat, which would have been funny, but yep. he managed to just scrape in, which is less funny. Um, Yeah. So how do we explain this fucking enormous swing? I think this could be fairly described as a landslide victory.
0: The other, um, other than just like the raw numbers, one of the stats that a lot of, you know, commentators are talking about mm. is that after, uh, I think there were four terms with labor and then one of Liberal and Labour got back again after just one term. Um, yeah. And th- that's, like, it, s- super unusual. Um,
1: yeah. But- the, well, not in South Australia. South Australia is very solidly Labour and has been for the last, like, 60 years. But right. yeah, they, they had a Labour government from 2002 to 2018. Then, yeah, they had this Liberal government for one term half and of which like, was just covid. Wait,
0: no. And then <laughs>
1: yeah, and then they're like, uh, back to the back to the old guys. And like several of the people in this new labor cabinet are people who have held cabinet positions, you know, who held cabinet positions in the previous oh, labor government. Decade, so yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a like resumption energy to sure. this, you know. I mean, labor is definitely trying to sell this as like fresh, new, exciting directions for South Australia. And I don't Know if that's really true, is it? But yeah, a lot of the analysis is like basically people really fucking hate the federal liberals right now, right? And that goes a long way, according to analysts, to explaining this big swing. And yeah, speaking of news poll, which you can't trust, the federal liberals are down 45 to 55 in the latest federal two party preferred. So it's like, you know, people aren't happy with liberals in general at the Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. Um. An ABC opinion piece uh, that I read said that basically the Libs were looking pretty strong in South Australia until they reopened their borders, and then Omicron happened, and right. then basically, yeah, their approval just plummeted. Uh, and the other big issue, uh, as you mentioned last week noon, was ambulance ramping, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> I dig so fucking deep to find a definition of this. People just, you know, the news just like
0: picks they get stories these up. Yeah, it. you know what
1: ambulance ramping is? Craze. Oh, totally. Oh yeah,
0: I'm very concerned about uh, uh, ramping. Yeah, 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 ramping. It seems means bad. How, how long it takes to get an ambulance from when you call.
1: No, well, look, I think base what it actually like the definition is that is ambulances getting backed up at emergency departments because they're unable to unload their patients because see, you know the hospital or the the emergency department is overloaded. So I'm guessing here, but I think it's like. They're on the ramp, Whoa. like waiting. <laughs> right. <laughs> to unle- I mean, I could be wrong about that. Correct me, listeners. But yeah, so the paramedics union had this kind of long and ongoing industrial dispute with the libs over this. And there's a lot of analysis saying that it was like a major factor in the liberals' defeat. You know, when you see ambulances driving around and they've, you know, the paramedics have written on them, fuck the liberals, do not vote for them. Yeah, like, yeah. it's, I don't know, personally, I find it quite um,
0: convincing. Relatively impactful. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, also pointed out in the OzPod SnackPod Discord, sign up to our Patreon, by Steph, is that uh, South SA Best was essentially missing in action this election. So they, they, they were set up as like the state equivalent of the Nick Xenophon team, which is yep. now Center Alliance, which is different from Nick Xenophon, who's going to be running as an independent alongside a previous Center Alliance candidate. Jesus
0: Christ. A current <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Get at least some of your shit together. Just two of the pieces together.
1: Not, not his style. Yeah, In the previous <laughs> South Australian election, SA Best ran 36 lower house candidates. Uh-huh. And they got around 14% of the vote. Incredible. That's very yeah. impressive. This time, I don't know the number here, but I think they ran one lower house candidate, maybe? And they got 0.2% of the vote. So you're like, when you're like, where did like, oh big swings? Like, ugh, this may go some way to explaining that. Sure. Um, here's a little bit more analysis from the OzPol Snackpod Discord Discord. Which is uh, full of
0: foremost political nobodies yeah. and their good analysis. So. it's a
1: community of, of political nobodies. Uh, this is according to L. Uh they were saying that SA Best basically largely drew away from the incumbents right, wherever right. they ran. Which I think, you know, does kind of go some way to explaining, like, seven liberals losing their seats to Labour. People being like, I just want to, I, I, you know, whoever's in power, I fucking hate them. I'm going to vote for the other person. In this case, I don't have the option to vote for SA Best. Labour, you may as well have my vote. I'm a centrist anyway. Fuck it. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. There's a little bit of, like, some bits and pieces of other people's thoughts. I I have few of my own on the issue because... You know i'm just some guy but before i get out of this segment i wanted to chat briefly about the new premier of south australia mm-hmm. peter malinaskas whose name i'm pretty sure i'm pronouncing fairly correctly so a lot of the coverage around him you know who is this guy who is this smoky silver daddy why is
0: he so shredded
1: mm. yeah um, Exactly. Yes, <laughs> officially high in the running for sexiest premier. Even though we do not condone thirsting over politicians on no. this show, um, but facts are facts. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the thing I like about you, Zach. You know, you have principles, but you don't let them blind you to reality. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's yeah. I'd say that's a, that's high up my list of attributes. Not as high up as Peter Malamaskus's washboard abs are on his, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, a lot of the coverage around Malinoskis and like his history is refers to him as a former Woolworths employee, which
0: you know yeah. is the kind of sentence. I bet that, he was stacking shelves at yes. two a.m. Right? Well, he was stacking shelves at two a.m. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: Trolley Boy specifically is where he started. Okay. But if listeners remember our episode with Tilda, Woolworths employee plus labor should ring alarm bells uh-huh. because that equals. SDA uh uh-huh. AKA the Shoppies Union AKA the single worst union aka the union for assholes and bastards. Malonoscus was SDA the,
0: like shit. Shitty dick Dicks. assholes. Anonymous. Anonymous okay, yeah.
1: sh- They're not anonymous. No, shitty yeah. dick assholes. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah, Shitty dick assholes. So okay. Malonoscus was the state secretary for the SDA. That's fucking bad news. Because that means that he is Mm. conservative, he's a conservative person, and officially identifies as such. For example, he voted recently in South Australian Parliament against decriminalising sex work. He also voted against decriminalising late-term abortions. Which, just by the way, Uh the ex-premier, Liberal, Stephen Marshall, voted for both of those things. So, you know, I don't know. You do the fucking maths on that. But yes... Sometimes liberals
0: are actually liberals, I guess, but, like, still. bad. Well, yeah, I mean, if you ask
1: Caleb Bond, the reason why the liberals lost is because they were too moderate and not far right enough for him. Mm. And also they kicked him out of a a
0: pub one time. (laughs) (laughs) Zach has messaged me about that maybe, like, three or four times over the last day or two about (laughs) Caleb Bond being... (laughs) It's so fucking funny. Kicked out of a pub.
1: but B.S. SDA equals conservative Catholic values, and Stephen Marshall, uh, Stephen Marshall, Peter Malinowskis is an SDA guy, so expect conservative Catholic shit from him. Well, good. That <clears throat> is the end of my lack of analysis for the South Australian election. Noon, do you want to take us through our First Nations story?
0: Yeah, and this is a relatively good story, uh, because the Europe Justice Commission has officially launched after decades of activism and in particular as a result of the Uluru Statement from the Heart. Uh, So according to the website, the Euric Justice Commission is the first formal truth-telling process into historical and ongoing injustices experienced by First Peoples in Victoria. Mm. Uh, It was meant to launch several times over the past few years, but has been unable to because of COVID and because they were very clear that they wanted to have face-to-face hearings. Um, So the Guardian says this, the Commission has a mandate to investigate and document past and present injustices against Victoria's First Nations people, including by the state and non government bodies. Its wide ranging scope means it will probe historical massacres, genocide, and cultural violations, as well as ongoing injustices in healthcare, policing, criminal justice, and child protection. At the conclusion of its hearings, it will make recommendations to the state government for redress and reform. Mm. So, Europe has all the powers of a Royal Commission, which includes the ability to subpoena witnesses and documents and right. other evidence, and referring criminal activity to police or regulators or whoever the appropriate authorities are for that. Yeah. Um, as with Royal Commissions, they don't have ability to prosecute, uh, to, to charge people. Um, mm. They still have to go through courts or whatever, but, yeah. Um, and so... The commissions are going to start by hearing from elders uh, in the next few months, and then other First Nations people in the second half of this year, and then uh, what they call the broader community, i.e. not First Nations people, uh, next year, I believe. Um, And so one of their key goals is to make truth-telling accessible and meaningful, and so this is from their website again. You can tell your truth in the best way for you, including a submission in any form, such as writing, an audio or video recording, through a truth-telling object, such as an artwork, cultural artefact, or photo. You can join a truth-telling forum, such as a yarning circle or workshop, round table, cultural site and community visits, or cultural activity, or through being a witness in a work Tiarang, a public hearing. Um, and they've got a bunch of... This is an interesting side note, I guess, but they've got a bunch of um, agreed terminology as equivalents for, like, English legal terminology, so uh-huh. Warwick Turing is a public hearing, and I think that also includes public events of other sorts, like I think their opening ceremony was also Warwick Turing, um, but yeah. they've got others about witnesses, and what a submission is, and all of these other things that um, I haven't included here, because I'm going to mangle them, but um, you can go to their website, and that was it. Yeah, I think that's a, a cool and impactful way of making it more culturally meaningful and accessible and taking yeah. a step away from colonial power structures and towards indigenous sovereignty um, so anyway, yeah, I thought that was a nice detail Yeah. Um, and uh, I wanted to finish off the quote from Tony McAvoy, who's one of the councils assisting the commission, uh, he's basically their chief lawyer um, the actual commissioners are mostly academics I think there are four First Nations people and one uh, Anglo um, lawyer, basically, or, or like professional commissioner or, or whatever. Um, And, uh, but yeah, Tony McAvoy is the chief lawyer and he's the first indigenous person in Australia to be made a senior counsel, SC, used to be called a Queen's Council or QC, which is basically right. like super lawyer man badge. Um, And so he was the first person, yeah, first indigenous person in Australia to get uh, an SC. And he said this. While we might have many expressions of political will, of good conscience, the difficulty largely lies in the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy in this state, as in other states and territories in this country, is colonial. It's not designed for First Nations people, and so our job is a difficult one. Mm. Um and yeah, I mean I, I'm interested to see how truth telling objects will be interpreted by the commission and then again by people reacting to the commission and so on. Um but I think it's like yeah, just a r- really sensible series of decisions to make it, po- like, available for people to tell the truth in a way that they can a- mm. and in yeah. a way that they hopefully feel comfortable with and they have these yarning circles, one-on-one conversations. Um, that it seems like- to
1: genuinely be set up with the idea in mind of making it as accessible as possible Yeah, for, you know, yeah, people to express the- their truth in... However, it makes the most sense for them. Totally, which yeah. is like, yeah, basically the sort of diametric opposite of how colonial structures operate. Totally, in many yeah. ways.
0: Yeah. So anyway, um, this is just the very start launch ceremony has happened kind of thing. I think they're mm-hmm. still designing what their consultation process will be, but it's going to start rolling out in the next couple of months.
1: Right. Well, yeah, it'll be really interesting to follow the um, the findings and the output of that. Mm-hmm. Uh Commission. Thanks for taking us through that, Noon. Um. Now let's move on. AC AB AC AB. Uh. Yeah. This could also kind of be the climate change segment, but um, I prefer ACAB for this one because the subtitle for this segment is "Why are cops anywhere the fuck near this?" Um. And yeah, we're talking mm-hmm. a little bit more about um the flood situation. So, uh as I think is fairly general knowledge at this point, you know, people in the in the areas that were worst hit by these recent devastating floods were basically completely left behind by the government mm-hmm. and, you know, locals and individuals carried out rescues when the floods were most intense and, and now the ones really leading the cleanup and recovery efforts and, you know, good on them. It's fantastic. and I have so much kind of... I'm so, like, so impressed and mm. uh, by, you know, these basically just like civilians taking time out of their lives to go and help with this recovery effort. I mean, it's like deeply inspiring to see, but also like it shouldn't be up to just random people when we have like all this government infrastructure that is supposed to be handling this shit. Right. But anyway, I want to take a quick look at some of the reasons why the like officially organized response was so bad. Mm -hmm. And then I was like looking at, okay, who's in charge of this? And then I was like, okay, now I want to talk about why there are so many fucking cops in positions of responsibility for disaster response and relief, mm-hmm. um, or rather just, you know, take a look at those specific cops and, um, you know, hassle them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's start with Mick Fuller, who has been appointed to lead and quote-unquote independent inquiry into the floods. Uh, Also appointed alongside him is is, uh, the New South Wales chief scientist, Mary O'Kane, who is not a cop and therefore I'm not interested in besmirching her character. Sure. For now. Uh, But yes, this inquiry being led by Mick Fuller will report on a few things, including like investigating the factors that contribute to the frequency of floods and that kind of thing. Mostly I'm interested in these two items, which comes from the New South Wales government media release about this inquiry. They said the inquiry is going to be looking at preparation and planning by agencies and the community for floods in New South Wales Mm -hmm. and responses to floods, particularly measures to protect life, property and the environment. So to back up a little bit. Mick Fuller is the former commissioner of the New South Wales Police, a.k.a. the top cop, as okay. Channel 9 and 7 would refer to him. Uh, he resigned earlier this year. I think it was around f- January or February. Okay. Uh, yeah. He- he'd had the job for a couple of years. Like, he hadn't been in there for ages, but, you know, a solid, like, four years or something like we that. We've
0: mentioned him enough for me to get him entirely confused with another shitty cop.
1: Yes. Yep. And... This is my now attempt, Noon, to give you a kind of brief little shit sheet on Mick Fuller that Uh you can uh put in your brain so you don't think that he's that other horrible racist
0: cop. Okay, good. Uh, Yeah. yeah.
1: Yes. So, I mean, you might, you've probably seen that he's been in the news recently because he was trying to get a job. Horses. Horses. He was trying to get a job, famously... Non-crime related. Um, <laughs> no one yeah. could do doing M- crime near a horse. <laughs> yeah, Mick Fuller was trying to get a job at racing New South Wales after leaving the police force, but was blocked when it turned out that he hadn't declared his prior part ownership of two racehorses <laughs> okay. to the state government, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there was also like a bunch of. Other dodgy stuff swirling around, like the syndicates that owned the horses that he had stakes in, and like the tra- trainer of the horses had been like accused of doping and stuff I'm like that. I'm sure
0: it's an honest mistake, Zach. There's a lot of, of in outs with owning horse of course, racing because syndicates, As there. we all know, they're, they're horses, a bunch of horses kind of
1: repel crime, naturally. <laughs> yeah. They have a pheromone. It's That's like a why cops zone. use them.
0: Yeah, exactly. They don't actually sit on them. They just hover a few inches above <laughs> the, the propulsion yeah. of the crime.
1: Uh, well, you'd be glad to know, Noon, that New South Wales Police... Uh, cleared Mick Fuller of any wrongdoing oh, good. Uh, when it came to those uh, racehorse situations. Bet it so... took
0: a long time to get through all of that, but yep, now that they've s- that up. approved
1: it. Moving on. Done. Um, yes, another famous good decision of Mick Fuller's was letting the Ruby Princess dock. Uh, uh, another <laughs> of his greatest hits was uh, attempting to cancel Black Lives Matter rallies in mm. Sydney. Uh, and, you know, doing general... Top cop shit, like right. saying that a New South Wales cop who smashed an Indigenous teenager's face into the pavement was, quote, having a bad day. Bad or day. Or overseeing the massive increase of strip searching of children.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, you know, just in a general sense, <laughs> overseeing the brutalization of society's most vulnerable people, which obviously is all extremely relevant experience for leading an inquiry into... Institutional failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who better to investigate institutional failure than somebody who embodies My brother institutional in failure? You <laughs>
0: are institutional failure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we stay ahead of the meme trends here at Ozport Os- yeah. Network. Uh, also famously, Mick Fuller was Scott Morrison's neighbor. Oh yeah. And there were these, you know, there was like I don't I mean, know why this was a fucking news story. It's no but- one's fault, but <laughs> Well, yeah, but if you were Scott Morrison's
0: neighbour noon, would you bring in his bins? I mean, I guess I probably would if he asked me. No! <laughs> no, I guess I wouldn't. I just, I took in my neighbour's bins a couple of weeks ago, and I was thinking about that. But, like, if I knew that they were Scott Morrison... I'm pretty sure it's... that Mick Fuller no- knew <laughs> his neighbour <laughs> was Scott Morrison. The Prime Minister was, Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: They had a, you know, they had a friendship. You know, there definitely seems to be a cozy relationship there. This is not a guy who is going to burn the libs. Yeah. So, you know, I wonder what the outcome of this inquiry will be. Hmm. He's also obviously not going to burn other cops. No. And here's a little something from Tom Tanneke on Twitter, hearing about Mick Fuller being appointed the head of this inquiry. There's every chance the principal blame for this lies with senior New South Wales cops who both lead SES and have delegate approval for government defense assistance requests. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you should go and watch Tom's video about the flood response. I think it's, it's called like flood response government. Where were you or something like that? Um, we'll link to that in the description. So, and yeah, I definitely owe a bunch of the information in this segment to him as well. So couldn't recommend that video highly enough. But now let's move on to talk about another cop involved in flood response.
0: Good. good.
1: This is Mal Lanyon. Um, So he is the deputy commissioner of New South Wales police. He, in other words, he was Mick Fuller's like second in command. Yes, for a while. Um, In terms of, you know, um, the Mal Lanyon shit sheet, his greatest hit is the time when he got so drunk at a police shindig that he was basically like unable to move and somebody called an ambulance for him. And then when they showed up, Lanyon started, them? well, he started swearing and yelling at them. And then according to the paramedic who was there, quote, turned towards me as if he wanted to shape up and strike me. Ah, uh, yes. So it's I remember like, the
0: phrase <laughs> shape, shape up, up. and struck me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Basically, <laughs> if he had had better control of his limbs, he probably would have had a go. Um, seems to be the vibe. Uh, Lanyon, of course, Faced no disciplinary uh, no, action for this. Uh, why would you for threatening a fucking paramedic as a you know, cop? Although Fuller, Mick Fuller was made to admit in Parliament that Mal Lanyon had, quote, brought the office into question, which is
0: okay. very fucking
1: euphemistic. Um, <laughs> it is. And yeah, just for a little extra spice in that story, New South Wales police did try to cover that incident up. Um, you know, real institutional failure areas. could say
0: yeah yeah maybe they should get i don't know some important guy to look into that like Mm. i don't know inquiry of some kind yeah Um, maybe a top cop or something could do yeah
1: someone with lots of good experience so yeah this guy mal lanyan aside from being uh you know a drunken abuser of paramedics is also the state emergency operations controller Okay. which is a job that is always held by like a man, member of the senior cop executive in New South Wales. And their, the, the responsibilities for this role include, and this is from the New South Wales State Emergency Management Plan, establishing and controlling a state emergency operations centre, the control and coordination of emergency response operations at state level. Okay. Which are two <laughs> things that seem to have basically been... Fucked up beyond all recognition uh, mm-hmm. In the wake of the floods So yeah, I'm sure that Mick Fuller's Inquiry will definitely get To the bottom of how his ex-deputy Who he's previously refused to sanction Completely piked the New South Wales Flood response uh, And uh, more good news This week on Mal Lanyon, this is from the Sydney Morning Herald New South Wales Police Deputy Commissioner Mal Lanyon was earlier this month Appointed the New- Northern New South Wales Recovery Coordinator to manage the Cleanup and recovery of the region However, it remains unclear whether he is responsible for the long-term rebuilding and flood mitigation decisions for Lismore. Uh, So, yeah, more responsibilities for this guy, but also maybe no accountability for those responsibilities. There truly is nowhere to fail but up for New South Wales cops. Yep. And the last one I want to mention here, just briefly, you might remember Tom's quote up the top there uh, about how New South Wales cops lead the SES. Mm Mm-hmm. That is true. So the last disaster cop that I want to mention here is uh, Carleen York, who, yes, is the New South Wales State Emergency Services Commissioner. Uh, that's SES to you, no? Oh,
0: oh, right. Yes. Yeah,
1: yes. Yeah, yeah. So there has the been SES. criticism of the SES response to the floods. I do feel like I have the knowledge to make like an informed judgment about that one way or the other. And I definitely sure. don't want to talk shit about SES volunteers in any way. But there was clearly like a breakdown in the organization of the SES response. And there have been many questions asked about things like, for example, the SES allegedly rejecting offers of assistance from the ADF like three days before the floods hit Lismore. Mm. And while that's not necessarily a decision I can pin on Carleen York individually, her response to those allegations has been very cop-like she okay. i think her she was previously like head of like human resources or something like at new south wales police like it was some kind of people management position yeah so she's like a, you know she's a cop bureaucrat essentially and her yeah response to these allegations has basically been to just like deflect blame and responsibility and not acknowledge any fault on the part of like her decision-making or the organizational capacity of the SES, or even Mm -hmm. the performance like at the time, which yeah, as I say, seems to me to be a very fucking cop-esque response, a very political response. And I think a real demonstration of why cops are not the right people for these positions. Like you don't want people who are going to sit there and basically just politic whenever questions are asked about, can we actually respond to disasters better than we did? You don't want someone who's going to be like that. Well, no. I don't think that that's actually got anything to do with me. Um, yeah. You'd rather want somebody who can, be, who can be like, hey, yeah, look, we fucked up in X, Y, Z ways, and here's what we're going to do to fix it. But yeah, eh, wishful thinking on my part. So yeah, to sum up, I'm not sure that I have much of a take here beyond like, it was just funny to be, to look into like, why was the disaster response to the flood so fucked? And then be like, ah, it was largely run by cops. Mm-hmm. Um, like, ah, okay. I mean, just like the SES really need to be run by a cop?
0: Yeah, obviously, dude. I mean, who else is going to arrest the Flood, dude? But this
1: is it. It's like, you know, there's this, I think, assumption, you know, clearly, like, the the connection that they're trying to draw is, like, oh, these people have experience running large-scale logistical operations or whatever. But, you know... Do uh, they? Very... Well, exactly. (laughs) A, do they, and B, like, the ideology that you absorb and enforce as a cop is like fundamentally fucking anti-human and these roles are about keeping humans safe yeah they're like it's like diametric opposite like training and thinking from my perspective well, it just so, reminds
0: me of like you know we sometimes talk about anti-carceral politics or like mm-hmm. uh, d- uh, possibilities of like maintaining a functional society without police and so on and one of the suggestions that i think we have encountered that i I find plausible at least is to separate the functions of police into different containers so that the people who are dealing with i don't know family violence cases aren't the same ones who are dealing with international drug crimes or whatever and like i think that this is a really good example of that because at the moment we see we obviously not you and I or our listeners, but like society at large sees cops, and then like, oh yeah, extremely dependable. Um, they get shit done. Um, no mucking around, just like business, doing things like with their hands almost. I mean, it they might happen to be punching professional mucker arounders. They d- literally, yeah. Um, and anyway, like, no, I, I, but I totally like, we agree. already have a siloed thing that we have the SES, like. At Why what? not just not ruin it by putting it in charge of people who have no idea what the fuck they're doing in this right. case? Like, and it's yeah. like,
1: if you don't have another pool of people with, like, logistics yeah. experience to draw right. on, aside from, like, the army and the cops, maybe that's a fucking problem you should fix. Uh, Society on a like blast.
0: Could affect the budget, Zach, so I but don't then, know, I mean, <laughs> I don't know about thing- that one.
1: You know, I was talking to a friend of the show Jess about this uh the other day. I like to bounce my um podcast yeah. segments off him to uh from time to time and yeah. And he was talking about yeah, essentially similar line of thinking to you noon in terms of like I mean the, the arm the defense force and the cops like absorb such enormous fucking amounts of public money, and then it's like, oh we you know like we have a drastically underfunded like state emergency services, which yeah. is staffed entirely by volunteers, and yeah. now we need to like turn to the cops and the army to sort this shit out be like, well, maybe there's a better use of that money maybe you know <laughs> we need to take some money away from the police but, <laughs> you know wild. again wild stuff. i know, I know. i'm there, going i'm like... go, I'm going down a a radical left rabbit hole here, so probably it's time to move on now to shit post of the week. This week, uh well, it's I guess it's a combination shit post and shit post, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess let's start with the shit post, and this is a predictably shit post from the Repeat
0: front page shit post winner.
1: Winner, it's the Herald. It's got to be the Herald Sun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a photo of Albo, our Albo, our banana smoothie. And the headline says, No Woking Class Hero.
0: Yep. Somebody on on a fucking
1: six figure salad came up with that shit. Yeah.
0: And it's also funny just because I'm pretty sure Woking is the name of a town in England. Yes. Anyway.
1: I mean, I guess they're correct in both ways there. But anyway, um, this is a front page (laughs) about how don't worry. Anthony Albanese is conservative yep. and a bigot, so you don't need to worry about voting for him. Uh, right. It says Albo's rapid fire round, and then it has a bunch of questions and his answers. And Noon, how about I'll do the questions because it's in smaller. Yeah, print. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can you barely can do... make
0: out Albo's yeah. face here. So yeah,
1: and you can read Albo's answers. Okay. First question, for some fucking reason. Yeah. Can men have babies? No. no. Captain Cook, hero or zero? World changer! Why can't we use the uranium we sell to other countries?
0: Not economical!
1: How many properties do you own?
0: Three! China,
1: friend, rival or enemy?
0: Competition without catastrophe! Does Australia
1: need to spend more or less on (laughs) defence? More. (laughs) That was far more charming than Albanese ever could be. Negative gearing, keep or ditch? Keep? Oh, phew. Watch me mop my brow. (laughs) Oh,
0: no, yeah. Should
1: inner-city electorates like your own Grindler take more high-rise dwellings? Uh, Well,
0: only when sustainable.
1: the, The fact that they lead with the, like... Okay. What the people of Australia want to know... Are you a fucking transphobe? Albanese's like, absolutely. Absolutely I'm
0: a transphobe. Are
1: you kidding me? This guy?
0: Wait, wait, wait. Can we just check? How do you feel about colonialism and genocide? Big, big Albanese thumbs up. That's the Albo guarantee. This is so
1: fucking disgusting. I mean, look, the, the questions that have been chosen are fucking also disgusting. the
0: one is I so find that ridiculous. There's like, just like a policy wonk who's like really into fucking thorium reactors or something. <laughs> and just like, I'm
1: pretty sure this interview was conducted by Joe Hildebrand, <laughs> which <laughs> makes a lot of sense. But okay. also, yeah, I just want to. Just, just to be super clear, fuck you, Albanese, for this transphobic bullshit. And it's yeah. not just this, you know, and it's not just removing all references to queer people from Labour's policy platform. It was also, like, on the fucking Kyle and Jackie O show this week. Apparently. I didn't listen to it, but this is what I'm told. And, you know, they did more transphobic bullshit, you know, back and forth. Like, I don't know. It's just so disgusting the way the media class can just, like, throw these people under the bus like basically entertainment value yeah i mean that's what this like front page is you know it's like <laughs> you don't need to read the interview guys don't worry you can just look
0: at this one picture that we have and you know just how absolutely garbage he is
1: anyway people have been having fun editing this and it
0: was a good thread in Ospol Shitposting. posting head was. on over facebook.com forward slash Ospol posting good on and the questions or you won't get in
1: why don't we go through this first? Uh, so a blank template was shared by Liam. Thank you very much, Liam.
0: Uh, but uh, there was also... Hey, this... friends, struggling to remember what Elbow's stances were. Can anyone help me? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. And
1: boy, did they. Um, there was also this like uh, edit of the original shared into the group by Das He, which uh, I thought was very good. Noon, why don't we do another Elbow's rapid fire round? Great. Uh, yep. Alby, Joe Hildebrand. <laughs> Okay. You, you can be happy and happy and easy. Is Crash Charlie XEX's best album? No. Thoughts on Ava Max? World Changer. Why did Lord postpone her Australian tour?
0: Not economical.
1: I can't read that one. Describe a, bo- uh, describe a boring
0: drag race episode. Competition without catastrophe.
1: That <laughs> uh, <when laughs> one got me. Uh, favorite type of cup? Keep. Are you a fan of Nang's?
0: Only when sustainable. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like that. Well,
1: I mean, yeah. The there are a bunch of other good one ones. one is that it's <laughs> definitely... Like, if Albanese had put this interview out, I probably wouldn't even be doing a segment about how he's a shit cunt.
0: Yeah. You
1: know? Like, yeah. those are all reasonable responses.
0: That's right. Yeah. There's another good one. Uh, Albo vows to shit in the tub. I poop in the bath. And um, <laughs> uh, a variety uh, of other edits done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Born oh, the-
1: to die. World is a fuck. Killer mole yeah.
0: Nineteen eighty nine. Exactly. I
1: am trash man.
0: Uh, Chris did a good one. You know, make orbs cheaper. Unban and reprint Black Lotus. Uh, sorry, bro. You can only play with painted minis. Um, so on and so forth. <laughs> Excellent. I uh, of course I exclusively <laughs> made Jigglypuff. All the best players do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good shit. Make orbs cheaper. I I've been playing a bit of Magic recently, so I appreciate the the Black Lotus uh suggestion.
1: I love it because the less they understand a meme, the funnier it is to me.
0: That's one of the reasons we're friends, I think, yeah. Zach. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, big time. Well, yeah, look, fuck the Herald Sun, fuck Joe Hildebrand, fuck Anthony Albanese, and fuck all this dog shit culture bullshit, and fuck this two party system that gives us no chance to vote for somebody who isn't a horrible transphobe. That would
0: be nice. Don't worry, there's the Greens. I'm pretty sure no one would join the Greens if they were a transphobe, Zach. Anyway, let's move on to our next story.
1: <laughs> I think we need a little... Positivity,
0: yeah, so good news, everyone. Uh, the old world is dying and the new one's struggling to be born, and this is the time <laughs> of omens. Um, so there's been some amazing activism this week from Blockade Australia. Um So according to their website, Blockade Australia coordinates mobilizations at economic bottlenecks and centers of political power. These mobilizations use centralized, sustained, and disruptive action to force the urgent, broad-scale change necessary for survival. Which I think is a good description of what they've been doing this week. Uh, Albeit a slightly euphemistic one. They, they, They... Lock themselves to stuff and disrupt mm. things. They do d- direct action, as it is called. It's good. So they've done around nine actions over the past four days and possibly more by the time you're hearing this uh, around Port Botany. So uh, some of the things that they did were block off a major port road with two trucks. Someone abseiled off a crane, shutting down all loading and unloading for several hours. There were monopole sits bipole sits tripole sits, and an elderly grandmother on the roof of a train. Um, Fuck yeah. Extremely badass shit. A lot it's of it was mainstream. It's very staunch, Yeah. The a great video of the guy who got onto the uh onto the um crane, like putting on his gloves and like first person like action shot of him like running and getting over a barbed wire fence and shit. Right. Uh, hardcore. Yeah. So we from have the enough like
1: home- movies that make you know direct action and or environmental terrorism like look cool Good. you know is there
0: a movie of the monkey wrench gang have you read that oh, no i'll lend it to you i reckon you might dig it all
1: right cool yeah yeah uh, eco it's time for them to not be the bad guys in movies anymore guys if,
0: if only we knew anyone with film degrees and cameras mm. all right there's a quote from the Sydney morning herald Asked why they were now targeting Port Botany, which exports no fossil fuels, the spokesperson said the group was, quote, identifying targets critical to the economy and blockading them. And I actually really like this, because I think there's this major, like... Like a disconnect or, like, a cognitive dissonance or something with, like, the Teal independents or Malcolm Trumbull, for example, like Mm -hmm. or the progressive part of Labour, who I'm sure, honestly believe in and worry about climate change and think like oh we'll get rid of coal and um, and basically not worry about it anymore but like essentially the entire economic network of the globe is constantly chewing up the earth's resources and shitting out pollution so like you know switching to solar won't stop McDonald's bulldozing the Amazon for example like that's just one very superficial example but like climate change is maybe only number three on our list of most urgent environmental issues at the moment. Mm. Like, it's bad, but it's, uh, like, plastic pollution, biodiversity loss. Like, there's a whole lot of stuff that capitalism does that isn't directly m- made out of fossil fuels. Yeah. Um, so, also, yeah. Again- you know,
1: it's called blockade Australia. Right. Not called blockade australian fossil fuels like obviously it's a climate protest but like well they're blockading to an
0: extent i think it's an anti-capitalist protest yeah exactly that like all of the reportage is being like oh they're climate protesters and it's like well they're worried about that but i think they see that as almost symptomatic rather than causal um yeah but yeah uh so i hope you all enjoyed that bit now i'm just uh got a little negativity corner to to round it off, acting Premier Paul Toole, who I guess is the head of the New South Wales Nationals now that Barilaro's gone, but old Toole, sure. Tooley Paul, said, groups like Blockade Australia, they've gotten a lot smarter than ever before. They've got legal teams that are actually doing work for them to actually work out what the penalties might be. We've had enough. We're not going to tolerate this any longer, which is... Just... We don't like people... <laughs> consciously making a decision oh, no. based people around taking laws rational actions based on the laws of our country can you believe this they're actually hiring lawyers to advise them about the laws of our country it's too fucking it, far it's, it's practically treason yeah these fucking people
1: so. are supposed to stay dirty and barefoot what are they doing <laughs> hiring people with suits and ties
0: exactly yeah uh, don't worry though Zach I can see the worry in your face and I want you to just yeah. let that all out because oh, the good. New South Wales government is introducing some fucked new laws specifically to target these guys yeah, and great, also great. setting extra cops with dogs on them and also maybe deporting two of them to Germany <laughs> so I don't know maybe like hit that Fasci Australia sting as we Jesus Christ. wrap so up fun, and head so to so our outro Fasci
1: Australia Can I also, before we get out of here, before we get out of the, well, I mean, and it's also kind of like a fashion Australia Positivity Corner crossover as well, is one story that we had to cut because we had to sort of rush this week's episode a little bit. Um, But there has been a new deal struck between Australia and New Zealand to resettle up to 450 refugees from Australia's regional processing centers to New Zealand, including uh, people who are on Nauru and hopefully people who are. Uh, in the park hotel mm-hmm. prison in melbourne which is really good news um aside from you know the ambient bad news of us still having a fascist border policy and also there's this like, weird side story about how jackie lambie kind of negotiated for this by agreeing to repeal Menevac a few years ago and then she says that she was threatened with jail time by Scott Morrison yeah. if she talked about the deal. Yep, and basically we, we've had to sort of, yeah we had to cut this story so we haven't been able to do the level of reading or research into this that we would have liked to speak on it with any kind of like authority. But I think it is a very important thing to bring up, and I would encourage people to go and read about it. And hey, if you've got thoughts, potluck us or hit us yep. in the Discord. Yeah, because
0: um, yeah, we both I don't know we talked about it a bit yesterday when we were putting together our plans for the show and. It's a weird thing, and it's, I don't know how parliamentary one. parliamentary privilege works. But it seems like maybe she could have found a way around it. And also, it seems like she signed a nothing deal for nothing. Um.
1: Well, but... uh, well, like, I don't know. I don't know. We, we don't know. know. We don't, yeah. Know. Yeah, I I don't, don't know. know exactly. We don't know. We know. So, well, what we're anyway, saying is, tell this, us sto- this thing know. happened. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe know. we'll talk about it a bit more next week. Maybe some yeah. more um, uh, analysis will come out of it, out about it, and we'll have more time. But in the meantime
0: if you want a podcast you gotta do a lot of shit that's not technically podcasting you still gotta do that shit
1: uh follow us on facebook follow us on twitter follow us on instagram
0: wow zach i can't believe you'd forget to ask people to leave a review like that you know after all these weeks you're still not remembering to ask people for a review we do it every week and you just you just immediately forgot
1: That is right, Noon. I did forget. Thank you for reminding me. Please leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Please also leave us a rating while you're there. Five stars. If you please. You can also go over and do the same on Spotify. I am very calm.
0: Listeners, I've never been more glad to be recording via Zoom.
1: You can also watch Noon, stream games. Twitch.tv slash NoonPlaysGames. And if you really like what we do, head over to patreon.com/auspossnackpod you can support us for as little as $1 a month which gets you a monthly bonus episode plus other cool things at higher levels
0: yeah i think that's everything wow but uh Look of calm fury plastered <laughs> across your face there, Zach. Uh, I didn't even mention driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's been going on with Dante? Oh, I don't
1: really have much to say about Dante this week. Um, I guess the main thing I've been thinking about when it comes to Dante this week is how He smells so, so bad, but also it's such a comforting smell. Mm -hmm. And the particularly most comforting smell, like the most Dante smell you can get, is when he's like lying in his bed, which is covered in like bits of saliva and you know, food and shit, and sits just under my desk. And when he like licks his empty ball sack for. 15 minutes or whatever, and you get the kind of mingled, like, ball sack dog breath saliva smell kind of wafting up from below, and I'm like, ah, smells like a calm afternoon with (laughs) Dante. Yeah, like, (laughs) ah, smells, hmm, hmm, ah, feels so comforted, but at the same time uh, my body is telling me (laughs) there is something imminently dangerous in the region. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Uh, breathe in more, <laughs> yeah. but also, mm, yeah, I guess it's kind of like an extra fucked up version of like you know, enjoying the smell of your own farts or whatever. Mm, Eventually, mm. you'll learn to enjoy the smell of your dog's farts. That's not true, they're far no, too brutal. There,
0: yeah, so there is clearly a limit shocking. to it at this yeah. stage, yeah. Well, I've got two little pup dates, oh, yeah. uh, one's also you know, combination dog and cuck date so okay. um yeah but the the first one was just about like 20 minutes ago while we were recording i've got the, i've got a, like a dog safe blanket that i like unfurl i don't make yeah. my bed every morning because i'm a slob but i do unfurl the, do- the, the bagel the blanket. Ba- bagel safe blanket mm-hmm. so that he doesn't get all of his business all in my bed and while we were recording he got on my bed scratched the blanket a few times so as to move it away mm. and then sat immediately on my pillows. Yeah. Um, so, nice. Nice. That's, That's a bit g- of
1: a classic Dante move as well. It, it, I mean, it makes perfect on on the, sense. The pillow, like, I didn't want him somewhere. Yeah.
0: He wanted to be there. <laughs> it's not surprising. And the other is uh, our, our, our new cat Lufia um, is very social and likes hanging out in the backyard despite knowing that often Bagel is sort of released into it more mm. or less with no warning. Cause... In a
1: kind of, sort of, murder tornado fashion. Well,
0: I just open the door, I'm like, let's go, you can do a wee. And Bagel's like, I just need to disembowel this cat first. Real quick. And then I'll do a wee, yeah. Um. So, anyway, that's been a bit of an issue, and I keep seeing him in the backyard, and he'll, like, scream at me, and I'm like, buddy, I can't stop you coming out here, but seems like a bad idea. But anyway, I mean... Uh, My hope is for them to be friends, so I have been, like, encouraging Bagel to be a good boy while looking at Lufia, but it's very, it's not going fabulously.
1: Uh, These things take time, you know? You're not going to like everybody you meet on first blush, are you? No. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'd be freaked out if I just walked into my backyard and there was some strange jingly person there. Couldn't agree more. Who ran away as soon as I looked at them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I already am very wary around cats in general because usually when I see a cat, I'm with my dog and yeah. <laughs> I need to use all of my physical strength in order to prevent murder.
0: An interaction, yeah. yeah,
1: Yes. Anyway, well, that's uh, Dog everybody. Ownership Corner for this week. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, bit of a quick one this week. Uh, yeah, we had sort of limited time, but uh, hey, we got a couple of good stories in. Yeah. Do you, you agree, yeah. Nate? No? I, I thought it was a good one. Not too much carrying on like a couple of pork chops. Hopefully the right amount of pork chopping. Um,
0: we just marinated in our own shoes a little bit.
1: No, Oh, no, so you can't say that. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate your support, and we'll catch you next week for more news and more views. And in the meantime, make sure that you keep on snacking in the free world.
0: McGuerin, crunch, crunch.
1: Brett Guerin?
0: Mick, Mick Fuller. Fuller. F- f- fuck. Those and guys.
1: And <laughs> Mal
0: <Mal-Lanion.
1: laughs> The fuck those guys trifecta. <laughs>
0: crunch, crunch.